and welcome to Upstage Downstage. With me, Richard Platt, seated in the upper circle. And me, Stephen Rees, uh, seated in a cheap seat. This is the Theatre Podcast, where we discuss productions we've seen, things we've liked and may not have liked, giving our complete unprofessional and non-biased opinions. So grab a brew, take a seat and let's raise that curtain. On today's episode, we'll be discussing First Touch. We saw this new production at Nottingham Playhouse on the 7th of May 2022. This world premiere production by new playwright Nathaniel Price is a gripping and heartfelt drama about what it takes to fulfil your dreams. So Richard, what's it all about? Clayton James, a young lad from Nottingham, dreams of becoming the next Viv Anderson and lands a professional contract at a first division club. But life in the late 70s isn't easy for him and his family. In an era of racism and hooliganism, with the return of his former coach, Clayton is forced to confront painful memories of the past. So with all that said, let's set set the scene. So Richard, what was your first impressions of the set and the layout of this show? When you walked into the theatre, the set had been made as a fixed piece of full stage set. It was a cascading staircase from the back of the stage all the way to the front, leading out into the auditorium. So the front row was actually faced with the actual stage and the set and the scenery right in front of you. So it was a very empty stage with a platform off to stage left. And also at the back of the stage, there was a picture of Margaret Thatcher. There was a clock to show the sort of natural football game clock. And then there was a a year clock at the top, which was the old sort of 70s style changing time clock that would have adorned any office or room in the in the 70s really because this production was set late late 70s throughout the 70s throughout the 70s basically and there was just a set of railings at the back of the stage which would show a football ground railings and at the back of the stage there was just purely a ladder and a radio and you always saw at the front of stage was some bags with what looked like just rubbish bags i thought had been left on stage and because we saw it on the first night somebody had just left them and forgot to (laughs) the stage yeah that was something that eagle-eyed me spotted however they did end up using those those pieces of prop so at least it felt naturally placed oh you forgot to mention one spectacular thing i'll I'll let you mention the spectacular thing then oh no i wasn't thinking about that okay there was a great big net full of balls yes there was a big net full of balls in the middle of the stage yeah but that was the other the other no the other spectacular thing was um clayton walked out onto stage with a football ball in his hand played by Raphael Akawudike he basically sat there in the middle of the stage throughout people entering the room and if I remember right there was 70s music playing yeah I think there was yeah, uh, time the, period yeah was there was it, just it starts the, with 1979 you yeah see. so there was faint noise mm-hmm. music in the background of just 70s music just to take you to that 70s era and at the back one thing I will say, the whole stage around the performance area was adorned with a 70s wallpaper like you would see in any house, even through the 80s because people didn't change the wallpapers that quickly. People lived with this crazy green and brown yeah. pattern, green and cream and a bit of brown, and it was very 70s, very of its period. Yeah, the set was very impressive from the kickoff. Yeah. Do you like that? Yeah, reference yeah I like that. Some Just, would say it looks striking. Well, they if would. Some were being a bit punnylingus. Before we kick off, I would say that the stage was also covered in a a green 
carpet that was had a very 70s style pattern yes. in it but it was also to show that this was also a football pitch so the whole stage was covered in this carpet and yes it took you to the era but it was also for two meanings it was about the yeah sort of... which is fine i mean i was trying to work out was it some kind of lino but it wasn't until I yeah was it astroturf or yeah, something like that we didn't sure, really know but on a closer inspection it was carpet. yeah i think not at like the I, interval when like we... i felt it or anything like that i wasn't no, no. No, they didn't go for the stroke it. it. Oh, yeah, I could have used my hands. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, that's the first thing you'd do, isn't it? Use your hands you to feel it. It's, it's all about I mean, I just go in there and shove my face in it. Well, exactly. <laughs> Theatre's all about the full-on experience. Exactly. As the story progressed and we got into the first scene and everyone came onto the set, how do you feel that the set was used? I think every part of that set was used really well. And what happened as the first scene opened, all the cast members came through the audience and walked up onto the stage and then began the scenes yeah they marched on in as if they've come from on yeah they came in from through the audience because they came from the back of the audience and through it made you focus more on the stage because they were making a purpose that they'll actually come from the seats the benches on the football pitch where they'd been watching Clayton play his first football game and then it started straight into the actual scenes of of the production the first part of the production opened with you getting to know the family where Clayton fitted into his family all the connections between his girlfriend his family his mom his dad his uncle and his little brother and basically you went through this whole opening scene of seeing that progress and how they were very much in that time zone and in 1979 then what started to happen throughout the first half of the production using the set and what was happening behind just to mention that the the clock started ticking the minute the production started Mm. as in to show almost like the time the countdown of the football game for the first half and a second half so that was the aim of that yeah they tried to do it 45 minutes yeah it was they they were trying to do 45 minutes each side each half so it was very much linked to a football match but then what happened is clayton's original coach came back so when he was younger his coach was came back to meet him in 1979 and what started to happen he started to slip back into 1974 five years previous which meant that the actual time on the year above the actual clock changed and rolled back to 1974 and then it rolled forward to 1979 so there was moments where it was just to keep you in in pace of where you were in the production yeah going from one scene to the other yeah see gave you a reference point as to whereabouts we are in the story that this is not the next scene but this is a previous yes and um, but also the age as well of, of clayton it sort of took you back to when he was a younger person to a child rather than him being a, an adult now so. yes it yo-yoed a bit yeah didn't it, it did yo-yo yeah to, yeah to sort but but also some of the scenes mirrored each other to sort of show similar things happening which we'll talk about more in the writing i think scene change wise there wasn't any they no, didn't everything actually... happened all on the same stage yeah but because of the, the way the stage was laid out every little moment or section of it was there for a particular scene it or, was or zoned. Reason for it scene. was almost it was, like everything yeah, had out, in different zones became different parts of the production so there's a flat performance area on the on the left hand side why, why, why do you think they did that what was that for is that um, i think it was to give heights and different levels to the well, performance they already had that with the fact that the staging was done as a stadium it effect, was probably to, to give them a, a more chance of moving more together rather than having to stand on different levels maybe mm. and not always 
up and down those steps that's probably why they designed it in that way which i think it worked because it created another blocked area and there was some scenes where clayton sat in front of that almost like it was another area of the stage so it gave him the backdrop of a bigger area behind him rather than the steps yeah. at the time particularly for some of the scenes later on or because at one point it became the vision of it being a bed and yeah it gave that other blocked area that gave you more of an idea that it was a bigger space just a separate space to the others. i wasn't quite sure if it was used for the father's workplace but then when other people went on there i was then a little bit um, not confused but i thought oh maybe this is a space where this is their house mm. Yeah. then the record player was used right at the back. Yes. So yeah. that, that... The house was almost idea, the whole that. area, wasn't yeah. it, in a way? Depends the way they, they, were, they were. Yeah. I mean, I did one it. of the things we did question is a big picture of Margaret Thatcher on the wall, and we didn't know if that was going to get used or if it was just put there for political reasons. Yeah, and like a reference in because of what was happening at the time with Pitts and the Steelwork. And the, yeah, it, the struggles the with, with and, and the, sort and, uh, of... the unions and stuff like that. Um, I did wonder because whenever something is on stage... And it's just there. I expect it to be used. Yes. So when I also saw a net of balls, I knew yeah. somewhere along the lines they've got to be released. Yes. And so I was already getting anxiety because we were sitting pretty much close to the yeah, stage. We and I thought them balls are going to be flapping in my face. Pretty yes. Much soon. There's going to yeah. There's we're going to get attacked with a torrent of balls. And, well, not unusual. However, <laughs> however, in a stage setting, <laughs> it's probably know, best that we uh, you know have a little bit of health and safety. Health now and, and safety, exactly. Yeah. Which is why I thought that that. Uh, platform Clean up on the front aisle was <laughs> exactly a bit messy all these balls everywhere but i thought that platform was going to be there for collecting the balls for them to flow yes. into yeah i think one of those things i oh, mean like, pinball games yeah it, all it kind was, of go, it, go around yeah i thought that they were in. going to end up under the stage at some point which yeah. i will talk i mean we could probably mention that now I'll go but for it. We, you know, there was there was a moment when all the balls dropped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, but we'll talk about why later on. I did feel that it, it it became an issue in the second half where they were still left there everywhere, and they could have done with a trapdoor or something to get rid of at least some of them under the stage, so that the stage became more manageable to use for the later scenes. Yes, and going on this whole health and safety thing. Uh, with the balls then constantly being on set throughout Act 1 yeah. and 2 when, when they were released. Because there was a lot of running about and jumping There was about. one scene, I think, that they were running around the scene. And they were the kicking scene, balls, they and, were flicking them up were, in the but, air but and they, stuff. It but, wasn't just that. They were trying to climb over them at one point. Yeah. And, and you just felt for the cast a little because you could cope with a few balls, but it was, there was a lot of balls. <laughs> you can say that again, can't you, Richard? Look at him <laughs> you, going red in the face. You can cope with a few balls, him. but you can't cope with a lot of balls at once. Not in one go. Not in one scene. No, exactly. Need a cup of tea first. Now, let's talk about the writing. And this time we can talk about symbolism. Yes, definitely. And let's start with the basket of balls. Yeah. Why not? They were clearly there from the very beginning. Now, it it was very evident for me, knowing about symbolism, that I take from it that each one of those balls that was released by the coach represented one youth that he had abused or taken. um, Yeah. I also, uh, the releasing of the balls also was Clayton's first sexual experience. Yes, so when his balls literally dropped, yes, it was that as well. And the experiences that happened. Some of the content of this podcast we are going to discuss some quite i wouldn't say graphic but it's it's a we're going delicate. to it's a delicate subject yeah, delicate subject um 
where things have happened in the 70s and have only been brought to light recently mm. about the relationship between coaches and up-and-coming football stars. So yeah. that's... I mean, it, so I, I didn't know anything about that coming into this show. No. Um, but I, I'm well aware of the likes of like Jimmy Self yes. and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. So for this kind of situation to be going on in, in sport as well yeah. shocks me, actually. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. it, I'm not surprised by it. So with the release of those balls... Yes, it had a fun element for the audience. However, it meant so much more than just the releasing of balls falling everywhere on stage. And that's that how... just shows the quality of, of the writing as yes. well, that they that you can get good pieces of new writing where symbolism is understood and used. Yeah. But even more than that, it's not just used once, it's used to reference quite a lot of other things going on under the surface as well. Yeah, and I would say... For me, it was very because brave. Because it was a coach that opened those balls as yes, well. Yes, it was. So yeah. he was the one that took, he was, he took that to the, the first sexual experience. Yeah, yes. the first sexual experience of Clayton. It was actually the coach that took that moment away from him. You know, unbeknownst to him, in a way. Mm. I mean, this is what we're t- getting from this. I mean, that might not have been set out when writing. We don't know. No. But that's what. That's how they. That's, that's how it was portrayed on stage. I mean, one thing. I Otherwise, would say, why would you have all them balls up there? Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, one thing I would say is a big shout out to Nathaniel Price for his bravery yes. for writing a production in this way because it's a sensitive subject and you have to get the levels of sensitivity but also you're going to see a production so it's got to have the light and shade yeah it's, it's got, got to be entertaining the, as got, well yeah, as it has. because you need to entice the audience to come along on this journey it's got to educate but entertain well that's yeah. a clever way of um writing you know it is. you entertain people and then you sort of uh, they come away from it with, with a learned experience. Yes. If you if you come away thinking or reevaluating something that you believe so long for so long so many times, or if you come away with the thought process that I didn't look at that situation in that mm. way, or I didn't think about that in that way, it makes you question things in life, mm. and I think that's a valuable tool because well, yeah, if you it helps other from, people. Yeah, if you come away from a production and then you've got questions and, and you're thinking about it, yeah. or it's moved you in a certain way, then it's really done more than its job of entertaining you it's educated you and definitely um, but there's a fine line between educating you and patronizing you on soapbox yes um, totally agree lecturing which we'll we'll come on to uh, later on definitely but overall i think the, the piece was written really well and i think that all credit goes to Nathaniel Price for the work that he did on this. And you could tell that he'd done a lot of research, but he, he wrote it in a way that, I'm going to use it, took you on a journey. <laughs> took you on a yellow brick road. But he also did a lot of character work with the other characters. It, yes, it was about Clayton, but you also knew about what the other struggles were going off in their family. In you, you got to see sort of... Things. Well, they were like the scaffolding supporting... Yes, they were. The main event, yeah, and it was strong really. scaffolding. I felt that it, it mm. helped. It helped drive the storyline. Yes, because he had the issues with his girlfriend. And yeah, there was a questioning about that, and also there was a little bit of snobbery between people supporting one party yeah. and then people supporting the other. One trying to make it as like a hairdresser, and and so on and so forth, and. 
it highlights a little bit of how can I say middle class. I think I think it, there, it, but it. I think it, it explored those things that would have been happening in seventies families where there would have been divides on political mm. decisions or that somebody's doing something right or somebody's doing something wrong. That as much as there would have been people who hated Margaret Thatcher, there would also be people that yeah. really liked what she was doing. At the end of the day, people managed to buy their own homes because of her. Yes, I mean, albeit that. There was a lot of austerity before she got into power yes, as well. Were. I mean, albeit that other people did capitalise on those buying their own homes and uh, some politicians may have made quite a lot of money in that process at the same time. Yep. However, but... that that isn't her decision. That's sometimes the backroom boys that are involved and cause those issues. But, but I think it gives you sort of balance mm-hmm. in thought process between two worlds where the mm. 70s was a very almost disjointed country not everybody yeah knew we what never to went think. down the whole road path of like alf garnet banging no. on his soapbox no. about voting one way or the other you understood where they were coming from and then they the counter argument was just as just, just as, as balanced just as good, it was, but yeah. it made it made you think without it being an issue yes, no one definitely. took sides and and that's i think sometimes that's what we need right here right now yeah, in this definitely. um yeah it, it's, it's climate the, it, it had the ability to that are just spiteful and nasty. i think the way it was written it had the ability to make you sort of step back and see it from both sides mm. and also one thing I, I thought it was pitched really well where clayton didn't really talk about the things that he was experiencing with his coach and the grooming that was happening yeah because you didn't talk about things like that it was you didn't, also you didn't. It, it was um mirroring the issue with his father of his father going through something which was slightly unexplained but yes. you knew there was a backstory there because yeah. he made possibly made stuff up you think he was yes. making stuff up because yeah. then clayton was making stuff up as well about this woman that he, yeah he definitely it's almost uh, like the, as well. the, it was almost the disconnect of son and the the dad not really talking much about life and that's what happened a lot and it still happens today Yes, well, this was a phenomenal piece of writing. It was thought-provoking, it was very powerful and emotive, and it was gripping. It was all yeah. the way through, cleverly, cleverly written. You were enthralled throughout the whole piece, and you could almost shut your eyes and listen to the writing, and you were there. You, yes. were, you were taken in to the piece. You were, you were with that family and seeing what was happening. And I yes. think that, that's where the set lent itself to the way it was done. It took you there. You didn't need all the, the rooms or the this or the that and you didn't need all the extra bits because it was there this was very stripped back focus yeah. on the story Fo- and it was a quick and in a way it was a quick production as in i'm yes, not saying it, was. it wasn't it wasn't a long production and it wasn't worth your money it was a production that was slick there was no mm. really any time for if something when something finished something else started and i think that and, was the key and also we, we've gone quickly over the scene changes and actually mm. i need to point out the fact that the scene changes when it transitioned from one to the other they played music of the time so yeah. when it went back to 76 or yeah, went to 79 yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or whatever yeah like on one particular bit all, all the cast on stage were basically doing like um the jackson five yeah. it was almost like the vocal warm-up behind yeah. stage before they come on and perform they were doing they were doing movement warm-ups in between yeah. each scene but that was exciting well, it was and good fun. because it worked and yeah, it, it was only was, about 30 seconds yeah it was almost like you could see them bop in the lounge or the you know mm. in the in the kitchen just to sort of music play and it and then snap back into the production and i think yeah. that was the that's what made it snappy and just really good so we've gone from the, the end of the first half where the sorry the end of the first half where the balls have dropped and 
that was a scene where it was actually quite awkward for the audience to see because the final scene ended with the coach basically grooming Clayton in the coach's bedroom. Yeah. So, well, in the coach's spare bedroom, really. And it was done in such a way where I think this is where the writing really helped. Yes. Uh, fill your yeah. mind with how almost sick, but it was just done in a, such a way that the... It, it used a particular writing style which made you, the audience, see, physically be there, seeing... You almost felt like you this, were that person what was sat happening there. Because they described what was happening, like, um, take your top off and then do this, do yeah. that. It, it was, was very, very descriptive. It was very descriptive and... Whilst the other person just stood there... Yeah. We it just was, listened we were, to what it was, was happening. It was very... It painted such a picture in your yeah. mind. And as awkward and sickening as that picture was, it really made you know exactly what that felt like. And it, Cause, it, it cause, was, and it was, it, But it was really sensitively done. Yeah, because it's all in the mind. You don't have to show what you're doing. No, because not at all. Maybe amateur productions or some production people doing this, they would have just actually done that scene. Yeah, exactly. Without thought, yeah. without sensitivity. Yeah. They would have just done it because it says... It. Yeah, they, yeah, exactly. They would have read the words on the page and done that. But I think this was done in such a really because we'll talk about the way that it was acted later. But I think this one it needs a special mention on the writing purely because the words said everything. Yeah. In this, but for us to understand that, yes, and to accept that that's happening, <clears throat> you have to have the setup for this payoff. Definitely. So bear with me. And we got to see that in Act 1 where he was testing out kicking his balls. Or kicking the ball, I should say. So when he was doing all these tricks, kicking up into the yeah. air, doing the, the, the header and then yeah. uh, this way, that way, and whichever way he was doing it, I don't know the terminology of football. No. But really he didn't well. do it on stage. But he said, along with the coach, yeah. they just pass the ball from one to the other in time and then it was like a header and then to the side and then to the left kick then a right mm. kick and then, and then um, and whatever, whatever also, it was and, yeah. and that made you understand that okay so this particular directed scene here they're not doing it physically so we right. don't see it but we mentally see it because they're telling us this is what's happening but also so that, that was, sets up that builds yeah it up for this intimate sensitive scene and it so also, we know that that's it coming. also builds up the the abuse because not all abuse is sexual not all control is sexual it's the precursor to that act and there was moments where the sort of repetition and the, the what you've just mm. talked about where they were talking about repeating after each other and it's almost like putting the person in a trance to make them sort of almost yeah, do as strangely I say, do as I say, strangely yeah. fall fall in love with that, yeah. that their coach and see them as that caregiver it's and, like a father figure yeah, as well because, because the father was slightly neither here nor there yeah. Being busy working or whatever exactly. he was doing with these black bags. Yeah. And the, the other thing was there was a couple of scenes where Coach tickled or touched Clayton. It was a non-sexual way. It was an over-friendly way. All, it was over-friendly, but it was the beginning of something more mm. sordid and more awkward and disgusting, well, really. And I think Building up the, the trust yeah. between two people, yeah. basically. But, and I think that in the writing was really well... Or it came through really well that that's mm. where you were took. Because in the interval, when you sat and, and thought about that, 
that you realised what was actually happening and how they'd drawn you into that final scene before the before well, the interval. This is exactly right because when we were watching it in the interval, you said to me, um, "You saw them hold hands when they were sat together." Yeah, I didn't see them hold hands, but what no. I did say to you was, "There's something between them. Something's going yeah. on there." That you know, yeah. there, there was like a, an underplay, and I didn't know anything about this play. I didn't no. know what it was about or anything. No. You know, um, I had no idea it was about abuse. Yeah, so, of course. But I, I actually, for, for the start, I thought, is this like a gay love story? What's going yeah. on here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's because clearly they built up over several different scenes yeah. this interplay. Yes. And for me to actually think there's something there just shows how good the how yeah, strong exactly. the writing yeah. is and yeah. how well it was acted yeah. to bring those subtle, nuanced moments, those little touches. Yeah, and I think what you sort of saw in the second half of the production in Act 2 was this get more chaotic and more obvious that there was there was a lot of interplay. It was building up to the climax. Because because obviously the, the first climax was the first act where the touching happened and the finale of the first act was the releasing of the balls, the, the sort of awakening almost of Clayton. Also there was a foreshadowing within the first scene with the yes. little boy sucking a lollipop. Yes, exactly. But it was done so subtly that you wouldn't have even realised. Well, we all realized. laughed at it. Yeah, exactly. it's hilarious. Yeah, and then and then when you sit back and go, actually, no, that was yeah, actually yeah. quite disturbing. But in the second half, what you saw... the father of, knew, you know. Yes. He knew. Yeah. In the second half, it was more present day most of the time. Mm. They didn't really regress in the second half because the coach was very much back in Clayton's life. And there was a scene where he was getting back with his girlfriend at one point. And this was modern day where mm. coach was back. But what they created was in the second half, the coach was always with him wherever he was on stage. So Clayton had this shadow of the coach to show that because of the abuse he went through in his childhood like by the, the coach, of his mind. he was always there. And mm. there was a scene where there was another repeat of the holding hand scene where the girlfriend was trying to get Clayton to go to bed with him and it ended in a blackout with him holding the hand again of the coach because there's been research and there's been things looked into where abusers and those that are abused still have feelings for each other however strange and unusual that is yeah. because of what they've been through because it was such an intimate part it affects the rest of their lives and there's always going to be that moment that that reminds them and i think they really did that really well in the second half where it was an unspoken moment where they must have been written into the script and that coach was there Mm. And, and it was very hard for him to get rid of that and it influenced his decisions on his life and his things that he, but he wouldn't still wouldn't talk about what was having that effect and make because then he led to him falling out with his girlfriend and his girlfriend not realizing that actually it was his shadow or his his darkness that was caused by this coach that was influencing every decision he made but he didn't know how to express it because mm. in the 70s and 80s people don't didn't do it and they don't do it now they talk about the stiff upper lip and the british way and that still happens now people don't openly talk about their feelings and they don't talk about what they've been through because it's easier to ignore it so i think that it explored that a lot more as well hmm. when it came to the end of the play right so i was with it up to the the final five minutes where through clever writing we'd been on this journey along with this uh football player and we understood through the cleverness of the writing the um either the innuendo or the subtle references and i think oh. there was one thing that i found the final moment with his mum and 
Clayton where his mum asked what happened between you and your coach and that never got an answer but I think that was a really poignant moment where all, everything had sat in her mind and she realised something had happened and it was it was a moment that it made it, every mother questions if something's happened in their in their son's life that they'd not told them about. And I think that showed you the undoing of all those sort of stip off the lips, all those thoughts. It was it was just that moment of other people in the family would start to realise something's gone off in Clayton's life. Yeah, and then he said something along the lines of, "It wasn't until my mother passed when I was able to tell my story." Hmm. And I was with it right up until that moment yeah. because the story, well... The, it was almost like the perfect ending until... So because of the clever writing and along with the subtext and the symbolism of it, it was a clever piece of writing. So then when it ended, I felt it should have ended on a clever note because we knew what was going on. We'd, we'd witnessed this journey, we'd, we'd followed, we understood, we're not stupid... But then I felt that maybe the writer took the easy and obvious way out, which was to go soapbox, start being preachy, do a PowerPoint presentation and say to the audience, this is what happened. These are how many people were abused. This happened, that happened in today's cases and so on and so forth. And that's when it takes you out of the actual play. And there's a real cleverness in just allowing the audience to feel it, to know it, to be part of it and to leave it with them because the audience are not stupid. If they've got anything about them, they will take everything on board. They will absorb it through osmosis of just watching this show. Everyone got the references and by doing that, taking that easy option of basically explaining what the play was about, you sort of undermine every clever bit of writing you have done. And so for me, it was like, you've just undone all your good work in a few extra lines. Yeah, it was almost like a moment of, I've now got to answer all those questions people leave the auditorium with. It was like, I've got to fill the gap. And it's like, Mm. you've got to leave the production at a really confident point that people will then go and research or go and want to know more or go and want support because some people sat in the room might have experienced that and not realised that's what it was. Mm. And you don't always need to explain what's happened. You've got to you've got leave to leave it at a really strong point and then and then let yeah and want let them even to want more. I, I think they the creative team just probably just wanted to go out on a powerful ending. Yeah. Yes, it was a powerful ending. However, I think it just compromised the writing by being too on the nose in your face this is how it is because it when it when plays go from being really clever to then ending on a bit of a lecture mm. even if w- this is real life which it is yeah to then go to lecturing mode yeah it just insults the audience we we get it we know it and it would have been a better ending perhaps yeah if he'd have just simply said when his mother died that's when in 2004 I was ab- when in I was able to talk about 2006 or whatever it was yeah. that I was then able to let you all know my truth my story and, and then my stop. story my truth and then powerful stop. ending and powerful word he, and that's it and we I know still, we get it I still like the point where he turned to the audience and said that said something mm. but then it carried on and I think that was the issue and it should have just yes. stopped mm. and and it should have just been a simple blackout full blackout leave people to go oh my god I need to now look into this more because there's a lot of press out there there's a lot of things to read it doesn't take you much to actually find all these stories that he talked about it's 
it would leave you i mean even if they wanted to hand people support cards on the way out or something to actually if they wanted that they could take it with them you if know. they wanted to be a little more powerful they could have just ended um as i said maybe turn like a blackout and then yeah. just had voiceovers yeah. of all the, the maybe the victims or yeah. people imitating people saying I'm such and such, and I yeah. was one of the abused victims, or you know, have so many victims, yeah, different definitely. voices, maybe, or something. I, I don't know. Just for it to have ended the way it did, just left left me a little bit irritated and, and cold because yeah. it was a great piece of writing, yeah. a great play. Yeah, I totally really think agree. this will tour. Yeah, and, it and deserves to tour. Yeah, it, it will go on. But personally, I don't like lecture theatre at the end. No. No, and I think there's less is more has got so much going for it and it's having the confidence to just go, that's the end. That's yeah, it. you don't need to spoon feed your audience no. every little detail. No, and I think that would make it even stronger as a performance because mm. overall the production is, is brilliant. Yeah, well, people might have, if they did think, what was that about? They'll Google it and research exactly. it. Exactly, and that's... But the, and that's like, oh the, my God, that was about that. Oh, of course. And, and then it'll be like, so oh, many other really productions clever. out there that do that and... They leave you questioning, and, and that's the whole point. You know, you've done your job as a writer if people mm. go away and want to know more. Because if they go away feeling like they've been educated in terms of this is what happened, this is what happened, yeah. this is what happened, you don't need they, to do anything else. Well, yeah, they don't need to do any research then. They can no. just reel off what they've just been taught. It's like being told the ending of a book or a big long story or something like that, and it's it could have led you to just think, you know what, I need to think mm. about that, or I need to reflect on that. And I think it was just a little off, but the overall writing was uh, was great. Yeah, really good. Um, well done, Nathaniel Price, on that one. Definitely. Uh, let's just talk about the directing. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so this play was directed by Jeff James. And how did you feel that with the direction? I think there was a lot of energy and a lot of pace. Yes. I do think Jeff did must have worked really closely with the writer because you could tell that the production had had a lot of work and I don't know if it must have been a creative process. I feel that this was something they must have worked together on. Oh, to I make definitely sure think they would have done it. The Nottingham worked. Playhouse they yeah, would have um, definitely. worked as a team. And it showed because it had so much pace, so many dynamics and so many movements. And they all knew how to like kick a ball properly. Yeah, and exactly. Like that. I'm, oh, go, oh. And they were kicking balls on steps. I mean, it's, they, I'm not being funny. It wasn't even a flat piece of I'd get anxiety stage. if I had to perform with a bloody ball. And there wasn't one ball that fell in the audience at, well, at any point, I don't think. Maybe a few when they all got dropped, yes, but no, they were... But I think that he he directed it really well and really cleverly where every cast member knew what they were doing. Even mm. to the point of the the young child on stage, because they changed them every every couple of performances, and every step was mo was used. Every part of the stage was used. Nobody stopped with their performances if they needed to do their part they did it and there was a lot of really clever movements use of different yeah, parts there were of the thought, stage there were proper thought out movements and, and they knew um, even the, like, so like I said oh. earlier the scene changes were just brilliant yes. you know and, and that would have been inspired and just and they just maybe just thought well while we do it in a warm-up let's do it as a as a scene change and it it worked mm. because it was a it was distraction enough to clear clear mind almost to then move on to the next scene it was yeah. enough to just just shake the floor a little, get you ready for the next piece, and then do it. Yeah, again. Yeah, th there was a lot of movement there, and I think 
the strong points about the direction is those intimate moments of yeah. seduction. Because there wasn't really a lot of blackouts or lighting changes to show a different scene. It was purely the movement of the people on stage that created Did, did that. they have like a, a disco ball effect come down for when they were doing the scene changes, but they did it to like... Um, Jackson Five. Yeah, but on the they were, yeah, and the, but there was moments where they they sort of dimmed the lights, but they never really went completely black. No, everything no, it, was. I think it went. It was almost. I, I think it was very. You could see see everything happening, yeah. and I think that was that was a that's a confidence in a director as well that they trust the cast to to do that. Yeah, it wasn't a traditional stop scene, move on to the next one blackout move on mm. to the next one blackout it was a fluid piece of staging because then that also lent itself to the 45 minutes each half yes. and those sort of parts where it felt like a football match because the football match is a drama yeah. there's a lot of things you know there's a lot of give and take in a football match so it's you know it's a game of two halves and that's what they made it feel like yeah moving on do you know what we're here for we're here for the drama so richard we've only just touched the surface of this little so incident. So far in. Shall we discuss it at length? I think we need to discuss. Bearing in mind, um, we must say now we saw it on its first night, Wednesday Open the seventh. So yeah, so of course there was going to be nerves. I was nervous. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Especially with all them balls. Exactly. What I'd like to say is I think it was superbly cast. Nobody was miscast in the production. I think everybody had the right role for their age group, their their family makeup. They, you know, each each person felt like they were in that that time period and that production. And I think that was that was really well done. And they all had a reason to be there. Yeah. It, even definitely. if we go so far as like the uncle. Yes. And the girlfriend. Obviously, they're there for support of the narrative which is a story you've got people in there that have performed on a lot of stages and done a lot of theater i think um claire goose people will know and i didn't know any of them i mean in the production you've got nicholas bailey who's done a lot of theater and a lot of television neil craig equally done a lot of theater and a lot of te- television and claire goose also that's done a lot of theater and a lot of television and films and things that you almost forget these people also love to act on stage and want to do theatre because it's not just about the television or the film. It's also about the raw, just performing. And maybe there's a. It was good that they'd got seasoned performers to to be part of a, a, a new, new piece, piece of, of writing. Theater, yeah. You know, and With it must new... be exciting for the cast not to be involved cast. in that. Mm. Um, I mean, Raphael hasn't really done a lot of theatre himself. Raphael played Clayton, and I think it was key in a way that you didn't know him. And I think it was good that you didn't familiarise yourself with somebody because I think for this production, it helped because you believed that they are this these people. The show we saw, it had Taden Fairhall in it as Courtney, and he was my standout oh, performer. Yes. Talk about on the ball. And the energy. Oh. Obviously, he's a little lad, so obviously he's going to have a lot of energy. But but that's the professionalism within that kid. Yeah, definitely. He's definitely going to go far in this industry. But there was a brightness in his performance, but also a confidence and a, you, a charm, you didn't, a charisma. Yeah, you didn't feel like 
he was any less a performer than mm. the rest of them. And for a child performer, there's a tendency to have smiles and the glitz and the glam, whereas he just became Clayton's brother and you believed... Like a cheeky believed, chappy. Yeah, he's just a cheeky that lad. That, probably down to the writing as well. But the scenes that they taught him where he maybe needed to be angry or different or have an opinion or, mm. or have that teenage moment, they were all there where you just felt that he was real and and I think that's a credit to him because he must have done a lot of work and a lot of preparation to do that you know and I think it showed in his performance one thing I suppose we we need to really talk about is the hairdressing scene yeah it didn't bother me up until like a minute into the silence when yeah. I started getting anxiety <laughs> and, and I started sweating yeah so the, the hairdresser really scene was the hairdresser scene was basically a moment where the mum and, and Clayton's girlfriend Clayton's girlfriend was a hairdresser and there was a scene where Clayton's girlfriend washes his mum's hair in the hairdressers mm. where they had a big bucket of water which I think was really done well she had her head back yep, having her hair washed it was, all, so well. it was all going well then there was a pause and it wasn't just a pregnant pause it became longer and, and long. longer and longer I, and that, so that hair was very well washed and then I just I didn't know who actually forgot their lines because even though um, the hairdresser then picked it back up again you assume she's the one that dropped the ball yeah but we don't know if she's trying to save it and move on because maybe there was a couple of pages missing we, yeah I feel like there was more than know. a free kick yeah we don't know who dropped the ball on that one it no. was really awkward but I'm and not I don't gonna... think any referee could have saved them from it really no I, even the lady in front of us she was getting a bit angsty as well yeah. like, I think oh, we all started no. to notice very that... audible I was getting a sweat yeah. on and my, my stomach was churning butter and then Clayton's girlfriend said a line and it got them back on the road and they got back where they needed to be but thankfully but, she didn't say have you been anywhere on your holidays lately <laughs> i think yeah and i think it was are you going it was so close to it i mean luckily mm. they got back on track and off they went and it was and yeah. i think the other thing what was was also happening to explain in this scene the uncle was also painting the message on on margaret, margaret Thatcher's face yes and he went over the thing that everything every letter that he painted on that on margaret Thatcher's face he had to keep going over <laughs> it was very well painted by the end of the, the piece he, he did well he, he did well balancing uh, on that ladder for all that time that as well. out. yes well that oh, must I, have been awful it for was, them especially yeah. the first night and it didn't take anything away from the production i think it was for, for people that have worked in theater and done a productions and seen people struggle you noticed that it was that i, mean, I think every i think no I, I think everybody noticed that's how long the pause was richard <laughs> yes they were almost going to start wheeling out the ice creams in that yeah. in that five minutes. Yeah, they could have made some money. Yeah, but you know, I, I'm not going to hold it against. I mean, them. I I, I, I don't hold it against. I've been there myself. Yeah. I was on stage and I went in to do this complete monologue. All I can remember now is something to do with going to Sainsbury's with the kids. And it was memory of water. And mm. I completely forgot this monologue. And I was like sweating. I, I didn't concentrate before going on to do this bit. And I just kept saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's like, I'll never live that down. That's probably why I don't I think again, productions but... I've done, productions I've been involved in, and productions I've directed. Mm. One thing, my, my biggest theatre bugbear is a prompt. Oh, I don't. Oh, yes. I hate Oh, imagine prompt. if someone shouted from the wings. If we'd have heard somebody's line shouted from the wings. Or she'd have said. That would have done it line. for me. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, you know, for me, if you're a character on stage, you've you just got to, find to use a way to get yourself out mm. of that. Even if you've got to just completely skip three pages of a production, yeah. it gets you back on track. And rather than breaking that performance by somebody yeah. shouting from the rafters, it didn't line. work for me. I mean, I didn't shout line or anything like no. that, but someone just came in with an extra line. And thankfully, because it was a monologue, they could do that. But yeah. my goodness. It, oh. I mean, it, you feel so horrible for them because yeah. you know that there's so much going through but, their mind at that but point. But I'm so pleased in a way because I know, and I've seen a couple of plays mm. now where it's been a bit dicey on a lot of uh, professional actors' yes. faces where they're where they are on the page. Yeah, they know. So yeah. thankfully, if I a mere humble peasant <laughs> I mean I'll give it. them the Jews they stayed in character yeah I won't be so hard on myself but you know I'm, I'm quite relieved that um, a professional show did it not like I'm yeah. sort of it gives enjoying you a <laughs> it, it gives you a comfort blanket you know yeah but no um, oh bless bless them but you know they, they got out of it in they the did. end finally and it didn't change the storyline it no, was still it, all no strong, we just you know. cracked on didn't we right let's talk about the props now and there's a couple of props we need to mention now, there was a moment within this play, I suppose it's, this could be, come down to the writing as well as the directing here. I don't know if this was picked up, but the, we mentioned about the black bags being on the yeah. stage. Now, within the play, there's talk about um, thievery going on. Now, I feel that I'm led to believe that possibly the father was stealing and that's probably what was in the black bags. But whenever he was talking about work, he was a, a steel worker, wasn't he? Yes. He so was. he was using that, the, the black bags, just moving them up and up and down the stage. Now, I can't work out if that was good or not or what the point was because I think something's maybe have been left out because if yes. it was if it was the case where the father's actually stealing to make money because he's not actually got a job anymore because of being on strike then that would have made sense why he's got stuff in black bags yeah, that we never his... actually see we... yeah you know there was no, they were used to bring take to the back of stage but it, it was used would... to give him something to do but they weren't really referenced exactly unless we it... knew he was a st- he was working in the steel steelworks and but if you weren't there why would you have black bags but they never the got anything man. out of the bags and no. i think that for me yes they used the prop but what was in them because exactly. it felt a little strange like you say it was like had they edited something out that then meant they got no reference yeah because why would you have steel in the black bags yeah well, we didn't even know if there was steel and they looked heavy, mm. but they never actually fetched anything out of them. Yeah, And, and for co- me, it would have been even more clever use to have something in that was used for one of the scenes in the second half or at the end of the first half where they had a complete different other use mm. because I think that would have made it even more clever, whereas it just felt like you were just dragging some black bags around stage. And even if they'd have referenced them for, say, his wife saying, are you taking the rubbish out yet? And they could have took them off stage as, as rubbish bags or mm. something to to show that they were there for a reason. But it didn't... Maybe she did say that. But they still have, stayed on the, stage, the though. They stayed it, on but... stage and, and it just felt a little strange. Yes, however, with the directing of, getting the uncle to write across Margaret Thatcher's face. Yes. That was quite clever. And this is, again, what I'm saying about the writing as well. Everyone was laughing when they were writing, uh, let her eat, and it went... And at the moment he was painting S, everyone was thinking it was going to be... Yeah. Excrement, basically. But no, when, when he then... ST, everyone was a bit, oh, what's that? What's he writing? What yeah. could that be? Exactly. That, you know, everyone went from a laughter to then, uh, uh, what's going what? on? 
What's that yeah. about? He spelt he spelt shit wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but I think it's it was really well done. Where because well, I didn't think that uh, Margaret Thatcher would be uh, would be the, the picture would have been used, but actually it turned out that it was mm. part of a, a political protest, which. I thought it was done really well because while one scene was happening, the uncle was basically stood on a ladder for the whole time, painting the, this uh, speech, this saying on the on the actual picture. And also, when they went to use the record player, yes. there was a scene where the dad threw the record player down the um, stadium yeah, steps, which anger. is in the home, yeah. in anger, and it hit the um, the banister. It hit the railings, didn't it? Yeah. And- and hopefully it was attached to something because yes. that was another house and safety issue because I thought yes. oh my good lord if that comes flying into the audience yeah and it'd be another lawsuit and they 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 threw it in a it was thrown and I don't know if it was meant to end up where it did but it it was ended up in a little bit of an awkward location mm. so they had to almost climb round it at certain occasions so I don't know if it was meant to fly further down the stage than it actually did because it and got a it bit was, wrapped around things. See, at one see, point. that's it. If it wasn't, then how can they stop it falling into the front row? Exactly. So it must have been on some sort of cable. Yeah, it must have. It must have had some sort of restriction of... to stop it falling further. And okay, fine. He threw it down. It, it sort of. It's supposed to have been broken, but anyway, or whatever. It was. It was yeah. There. But then in the next. It was in not the second the, half. Not, yeah. Was... No. No. Not in the next scene, but. Whenever the scene was at the back in the house, no one put the record player back to how it should be. No. So the little kid was there on the the game, playing the game or watching TV yeah. or whatever he was doing with the headphones. He on thought he was well listening to music when he was listening to music. Yeah, it was. But it was that like a dodgy angle? And then when yeah, that's why because she um, the hairdresser went to you turn the music on. Yes, for that scene, and it, but it was the same record. Play it, and it was on the floor on its side. Yeah, so but, if they'd have like turned that around on the side, so it could have had two uses. Like hmm. this is a radio for the hairdressers, but when it's outright, this is where it's at home. Yeah, one of the things that would have made it better was in the seventies. You couldn't afford to replace furniture like you do now. You couldn't go out and buy another DVD player or another CD player or things like that. You may mm. do and mended, and you would have put that sideboard or that record player back where it came from. It yeah. wouldn't have stayed there throughout your life. It was, there was a, I think they could have been reset in the interval or, or the parents could have, or the, the parent and the son could have lifted it back into place. Well, exactly. They could have done that in it whilst, uh, Nathaniel, not Nathaniel, whilst Raphael, um, what's the character's name? Uh, called, uh, Clayton. While Clayton was doing his thing, they yeah. could have reset. Yeah, that his mum could have made the them help, got them to help put it back. Because if, like if the uncle can uh, move the ladders yeah. in the back and paint and stuff, then they can easily just move that record player. And, and I think there was also the there was a, for me it didn't help. There was one scene where Courtney had to, was being basically listening to music to distract himself from Clayton and his girlfriend up in their bedroom and. Courtney was was told to just go downstairs and listen to music because mm. they wanted to have some alone time together, and because this record player was on on its side, tipped up, this that and the other, he had to sit with his back to it with his headphones on. Now, the scene would have been more poignant if that radio was up and level because then he could have sat more centre stage and you would have seen him better. Because I think it just. He ended up sitting behind the railings with his back to the audience. And as though, as much as you could just about see his headphones, it just detached from 
But that also, scene. because he was under the railings, that brought the railings into the living room. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it felt, you know, even if they just stood it up in front of the railings to be part of, you know, to move it there. Well, it, well, it was only like a three steps away yeah. from the back anyway. Yeah, exactly. So. And oh, one of the other things um, I'd like to mention, there was also a phone on the back of the stage. Which, which was green you, Which and was hidden. green and hidden under the wall. Almost like it was, it it was a bit incognito. Gone. So you mm. thought, was it going to be used? But... We'll it talk was. about that in the sound effect. Moving on to our final segment. What the tech is this? What do we think about the use of the sound, the lighting and the special effects within this production? So this First touch. touch. As we've talked before, the sound effects, well, the music was very of the time of the production and it was very well mm. selected and it had all the right, right little moments that took you back to 1974, 1976, then to 79. You knew where you and were. all upbeat as well. Yes. It was all... Because it's such a heavy subject we're discussing, and I think it's so key to have distractions within that, to, mm. to almost... To just, I think, clear, cleanse your palate it, a little it bit. gives you different levels. Yes. If you could have a high and then you, you, the next you get a low, so then yeah. you, you've got a a journey yourself yeah. of your emotions and they also use some crowd noises and things football mm. noises and and things in the background to make the space bigger but it was all done subtly there was no real big sound effect moments but i think that was really key and also there was no um calm wishy-washy emotional no. music as well you know no because i think had they used there was no macabre it was just it was just well if, if they had something sentimental uh, if they had sentimental music, I think that would have made the writing or the dialogue seem a little bit soap opera. Yes. Melodrama. Yeah. It would it would have been more it wouldn't have been as strong a piece if it had too many songs that would have almost fueled the mm. things that were happening. I think underneath. it is because uh, we're being taught or we're, we're being shown as an audience yes. what's happening without the need for violins. Yes, exactly. And in that world, in that 70s world, people did distract themselves with music. They did distract themselves with other things. And I think it gave you that moment as well where all this horrible stuff's happening, but we need to go and listen to music. We need to not think about that. We're going to drown it out. And I think mm. that's what it also gave you that thought of. Let's turn the music up to not think about those things. And I think that helped. One thing that was also... There was not many sound effects. So uh, Coach had a whistle, which gave you the football references. And the, when he used the whistle, it was it was a real-time sound effect. Because I'm mm. all for naturally made sound effects on stage. The balls being kicked about, the balls being used. They all had those thuds and those sounds that you think about when people are at training camps and football grounds and if it could be made naturally why not yeah yeah you know so we move in i suppose we move on to i mean we could talk about the phone now Stephen, if you want well i was going to say with the the whole lighting and the sound i i don't really have much to say about that because no. i i felt that everything worked as it should there was nothing extra there was nothing no. extra for me to say wow look at this no neither was it bad for me to say no. oh my god look at it that it was i mean it was lit really well yeah it, was, it, it felt just... like daylight on a, a nice bright sunny yeah. day there was a few moments where they dimmed the lights to be evening scenes where yeah. they're in bedroom scenes and things like that that felt you like you were in those rooms and it but it wasn't it was done so subtly where there was I think no that's it, because real it was subtly and it was done really well i've got nothing to comment on it because no. it's it's fulfilled it was it's, almost it's the fluid it, movement with yeah. lighting it didn't you never had any harsh chopping and changing effects it was mm. all very just happened and i think that's the slick yeah it was really slick now let's talk about that phone again richard yes for the sound effects 
Yeah. At the very beginning, once once they all came down the centre aisle and they all got on and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. The phone rang. Okay, fine. We're started. Yeah. Who's on the other end of the yeah. line? Who's on the What's phone? What's going on? Yeah. The mother picks it up. Still Hello? ringing. Still ringing. And then my anxiety starts. Oh my God, already. Somebody's not pressed the button. Two minutes into this play and we've already got issues. Yeah, it's already started. It's like the opening, it's opening scene and it's still not going right. Dare I say, I thought there was going to be another Red Ellen. Yeah. But... We're not going to go there. But I, I actually thought, oh no, here we go. It but, started so well and now we're going downhill. But, but then... However, cleverly, it was done on purpose. Yeah, and it got it? louder. And it got and louder. louder. And it subtly louder. Yeah, and it just swelled. The, the, the ringing became almost unbearable a little bit, yeah. in a way. And it only stopped when Clayton answered it. It was only stopped when when the phone was passed to Clayton. That's right. So it only stopped when the phone when his mother said on the phone that it was his coach on the phone to speak to Clayton. Exactly. Now what I take from that is another little bit of subtext yeah. and another little bit of symbolism. Yeah. In the fact that everyone's trying to get through to him. Now he is a professional. Yeah. Simple, isn't it? Yeah. So there's me thinking it was a bit of a sound effect. Yeah. When actually it was so far. Yeah. Actually, I it's, yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. I probably wouldn't have done that. No, <laughs> because no. I don't want the anxiety of uh, worrying. I think like it, I it. I think it. it, yeah, it, yeah, it I, I think the the sort of purpose of of it. The purpose of it was to. Oh, do you think we've been fooled? Do you reckon it actually it, it was a mistake and they managed to unstick no, the button? No, it could have been. Do you know what I mean? You and somebody know. lent on the on the the flader and turned it, off. it all up. Yeah. I think the the purpose of that phone ring was to send you down the lane of Clayton has gone through his professional football career now, five years later, putting aside all those things that happened to him in the past. Mm. And this was the moment that the coach returned into his life. Yeah. And everything came flooding back. And that's that's why they did what they did. Now, I'm hoping we're intelligent enough to know that that is correct and that's the correct yes. way of doing it. So when it comes to the issue of the... Um, the hairdressing scene when they forgot yeah. the line. That must we, have been intentional. I, I'm hoping that we understood that it that was a drop of a line yes. and not done specifically to give me anxiety. I mean, she's got lovely hair now. It's very well washed. It was very wash and go. <laughs> she washed and we went. There was a couple of technical issues that happened on stage and I don't know if this was in the directing or the the, the cast where the it was meant to be a 45-minute long half for both sides. And in the first half, they ran over their 45 minutes. I thought you commented at the time that they were pacing it out a little bit longer. I think there was, a, yeah, there was, there was maybe a couple of moments where they were pacing out the production a little bit That's longer. That's why she kept washing her hair. Yeah, it must, that was in the second half. But it's a big risk to have a clock timing you on mm. stage, visible to the audience, and you've got to have so much confidence that that production will last 45 minutes mm. where it doesn't need to be reset and it doesn't need to be restarted because in the second half the production actually finished earlier than the 90 minutes it mm. finished at something like 81 minutes and with a football match lasting 90 and going overtime yeah it felt like oh was the ref decided to change the time of a full length football match and you know i think that's the big risk even if you had a way to skip it forward a little bit so it always finishes at, yeah. at 90 minutes. I think they struggled. I don't know what technical things they built in, but they struggled to then make it change to 90 minutes. And it just felt like 
that needed to be a, either a little bit more rehearsed or they needed to be more aware of time or maybe some of the sound changes, the, the scene changes needed to be slightly longer or shorter just mm. to allocate, make sure they finished on time. Bearing so, in mind it was their opening night, so maybe yeah. a lot of nerves maybe got to them. Maybe they, yeah, they, they could have they been rushing script. Rushing through it yeah. so they finished early. Yeah, it may be, well, I'm just making excuses now, but we know those pressures of a first yeah. night. Yeah, so. exactly. But that was, that was something. But we're, we're just commenting on what we saw yes, on, on the, the night. first night. Yeah, yeah on, the, on the night. I mean, overall, technically, I can't fault it. Mm. I think that, you know, it was just those things that are visible. If things go wrong, they're very noticeable with something like a clock that's time in the production. I think that's. I personally don't like to see clocks anywhere near a stage because then people don't sit there and go, oh, well, I think it was going to be finished at 10 past nine and it's still going on and it, it, you've got to remove clocks off a stage <laughs> yeah I, I i quite like it sometimes when things do go wrong although i have to admit my anxiety flares up a little bit because yeah, it's yeah. like oh my god what's gonna happen now yeah you know how they're gonna get out of this one yeah now for our ratings as we say call, call this, this a show so richard final thoughts on this before we give it a score I think this production was a massive risk for a writer and a a massive risk for a theatre company to actually put this piece of theatre on and I think they nailed the writing and the performances of it and I was really pleased that it was done in such a way that was also sensitive but also hard-hitting and I think that said a lot about how much work they put into it and for a first night I can't fault you know we had the niggles and the things we've talked about in the in in this podcast but I don't feel that that took it away from the actual performance it was highly enjoyable and I would watch it again yes for me summing up I think it was a interesting set Extremely well written, beautifully written, actually, very cleverly written for a new piece of writing. So yeah. I'm always interested about how the writer. This is this is his first professional step into the into professional script. Yeah, yeah. So he's done really, really well for this. I'd like to see it go on tour, and I'd like to see it with a, maybe a different layout of a set in future, just to see different how interpretation. It, yeah, yeah, just to see how well that that goes. But on this production first night and everything i can can forgive a lot of things like the dropping of uh, lines and so on and so forth yeah maybe the too many balls on the stage and it looked a bit messy but overall it was a good piece of writing a good piece of theater um extremely well directed particularly in those um subtle moments that needed to be done the ending bothered me a little bit but Overall, I would definitely get people to come and see this and I would absolutely come and see it again. So scores on the doors was 10 being a perfect hat trick and 1 being a red card. Richard, what are you going to give this one for the production of First Touch? I'll give this a 9. Ooh. Because it deserves it. I've seen other new writing productions and they've been messy and... I've seen other ones that are really good and I've seen a lot of things where people have took risks and for the subject matter I thought it was it was worth it mm. and I you know hats off to the amount of effort that went in because you could see it on stage. Fair enough. I'm going to score this one an eight and a half. I can't give it a ten simply because I I want to be able to see it again done a little bit more tighter and a little I want to see a, a if I say a better version this is going to be like a, a smack in the face really but i'm only being honest yeah no it's good okay the end the ending niggled me but it's going in the right direction it's near enough perfection 
yeah this is for, is for the writing and it's definitely up there yeah definitely so and i mean for me it makes me want to if nathaniel writes something else i definitely want to see it oh absolutely yeah that says a lot for me for a script writer if if i see a name I've got confidence that they know how to write. Yeah. But for me to give it a 10, that would mean I'm happy with everything and there's nothing to fix. I think there is certain tweaks that would enhance this. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I'm not going to sit around and say, this is wonderful, you know, no, brilliant, no, brilliant, totally brilliant, you, you know, yeah. bow to you and, and whatever, because that's not going to do anybody any favours. I'm just no. giving my honest opinion. No, exactly. Plus, I'm not really that big a football fan, to be fair, but the fact that I actually want to see this again yeah. in a different setting, different actors, or I different, mean, a different it, way it, around of doing it or whatever, and, I, I want to be... I want If, if it still holds up, then I exactly. would give it more. And, I mean, if they need... I mean, the other thing is it would be transportable... The only thing they'd have oh, to definitely. change is the the Derby Nottingham references, but that would easily be done oh, easy, in another in another place in another another space. So it would work in an, in a, in another setting. So it would have that same same work. Yeah, and, and this can definitely talk. I, I hope it does talk. Yeah, I, I do. honestly got it's definitely it's worth it. This, it's worth the hard doing. the hard work gone into this as a new piece of writing, and we've seen other new pieces of writing which is going to be which are already up. touring. Which are exactly, and they just don't compare. And this to should this. have more limelight than it, than others. Yeah, you know. So, what sound effect will you be choosing from the following? A complete train wreck, tumbleweed, an audible shrug of the shoulders, uh-huh. a slow clap, a pleasant applause, or a standing ovation. What will it be? So, Richard, what sound effects are you going to give first touch? I think it can only be a stand innovation, the amount of work that went in, and I think it deserves it. Deserves it. I'm going to also give this a standing ovation. I didn't give it 10, but I'm going to give it a standing ovation because it is superb. So, well done, everyone involved. So, there we are. That's our discussion of first touch. We hope you found it insightful. If not, entertaining. Coming up over the next few episodes, we will be discussing the new production of Red Ellen, Ladies of Letters, and Cluedo. That's it for this week, folks. If you'd like to drop us a message, please email us at upstagedownstagepod at gmail.com. Remember, you can always join in the chat to share with us your views on a production. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our channel so you get every episode the second it's released. And we hope you join us again for another instalment of Upstage Downstage. Downstage.